Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Rod, we are back and... I don't know if when we decided to do this project here, if we thought that two out of the first three games would have been so excruciating to watch. Oh, man. I know I didn't. I know <laughs> I didn't. And you know, man, I, I, what I was going to say is if, if, if somebody said, hey, Sunday night in Denver, the 49ers are going to lose to the Broncos – I could get behind that if the play was uh, was solid, and both teams were absolutely horrible today. So that that's what really makes it hurt. But you basically, in two of the three games that the 49ers have lost so far, the defense pretty much balls out. In the first game, they had a couple penalties that that really ruined it. But the defense just balls out, and the offense can't do their part and play this Shanahan time time of possession football and really without that with you know it's the opposite like if they can't play that time of possession football what they're doing is in fact they're leaving the defense out so long so right it's 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 you know it's not that i'm I'm sure shanahan's like man this is absolutely not how i drew it up the seattle game is how he drew it up but two out of these three games it, it really exposes some of the uh, some of the weaknesses on offense, and it comes right smack down to you know my first point that that I wanted to really talk to you about, which is QB play, and everything has been made about Russ. Right? They gave the world to get this guy. They signed him to a giant contract in three games so far. He has been. A big disappointment for them. Now, some of this is learning a new offense. Some of this is, as you saw, defensively, the Niners were were able to go at him, and he didn't have any opportunities to really set his feet and throw the ball downfield. He was Russ when they needed him to be Russ, exactly. Which which is what matters. But uh, overall, he played the better game. He won the game. But both quarterbacks were, were really struggling today. And I didn't. I was hoping that we weren't going to have to lead with Jimmy, but I think we have to lead with Jimmy because if uh, if the Niners even get you know a B minus game from Garoppolo today, I think they probably win pretty handily. There were so many missed opportunities. Debo would have gone untouched uh, on, on a pass play if 
He even saw the guy, how wide open he was. He missed Debo on another play where if he th- throws it out in front of him, he's gone. And he just kind of lofts it up in the air and Debo has to kind of catch it and fall on his backside out of bounds. There were lots of missed opportunities. I know the Garoppolo apologists will say, oh yeah, you know, he didn't have a training camp. And I'm like, I like, I totally get that. But this guy, this guy's a vet. He he's, he's like, he doesn't really need that, that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, those kind of reps that, that are really sort of meaningless. Um, but man, you know, he had the opportunity on national TV because I know you were paying attention to the national media because when Trey went down last week, so many people went on podcasts and sports shows and said, Niners are the better team with Jimmy at quarterback. There were, there was stuff about, oh, you know, secret X 40, you know, secret player in the locker room who remains anonymous. This is good for the team. He's happy. That means he's going to get the ball. Who and, and, you know, now we're judging on who that is. That stuff is pretty meaningless to us uh, as the Bay Area fans because, you know, we, we've, we've been through this dance. But, man, if they did, if Jimmy G did not show the national media, the national football audience today, why the 49ers paid so much to get Trey Lance, I, I don't know what to tell them because he, he put it all on display today. He showed every little thing that has been driving us nuts for the last few years. And it was all on display. It was like it was like the 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 Jimmy roulette wheel. You had the safety where he steps out of bounds. You had the interception in the fourth quarter, which everybody and when I forty nine er fans understand this, we knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. Right. If you're not a forty nine er fan, we knew this was coming. We were waiting for it. We were hoping that he got it out of the way early because we knew it was coming. But. He put it. He put it all on display. This was the Jimmy special of all Jimmy specials, and I, I, I just look at this and go, man, we're, we are stuck with this for another, you know, another fourteen games, and I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I know you and I are going to what we're going to do, which is talk a lot about it. But we had an opportunity to, you know, to 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 try and turn that over and and go in a different way, and unfortunately, Trey Lance got hurt, and we're stuck with Jimmy. See. I, I was hoping we wouldn't start here because I it's problematic for me because yeah. <laughs> I am viewed by many as a Jimmy hater, which is just not the case. I I would if you're gonna put a label on me, I would I would label myself a Jimmy realist. Yeah. And um you like you, you it, I could not have said it better myself. It was all on display. It was all there. Um, and again, we found ourselves in a situation at the end of the game and I'm honest to be 100% honest with you. I had, I had no faith that we were going to get the 50 yards or whatever we needed to get a field goal to win that game. I, I just, I, I just don't have any faith in high leverage situations in Jimmy Garoppolo at this point, you know? For what? Why would I? <laughs> Why would I? Um, so that was the thing with Trey was that, okay, I understood that when you go to a 22-year-old, they're going to be ups and downs and they're going to be bad performances. Yeah. But what you hope is that, one, with his athleticism, we could get more than one, one – we could make more than one play on third down. 
that you know that that's number one and then number two that as the season went on he could work himself into a place that in high leverage situations again he would be able to make plays that i mean if if nothing else in this offense you have to be able to convert on third down because you have to be able to move the change they got one more than one of ten, something like that. Tonight. Yeah, one, yeah, it was like something like that. One of ten, um, and then that one wasn't until late, yeah, that last drive. Um, but we have to be able to to move the ball, run the ball, and move the chains and get the time of possession. If you know, we were out. I, I think it was we were out snapped by what was it eighteen? We can't. Be you know, you know we can't put our defense in that position. You know that they're not built for that. They are built to be able to, you know, put on put pressure and get after the quarterback and you know wreak havoc. They're not a team that's supposed to be out there for, you know, 10, 12, 15 plays at a time. This was mm-hmm. they're trying to get guys off. And you know, you don't if even when they do their job, if the offense is giving the ball right back, it just it it's just that's just not how we're built to play. So it's it's it really is frustrating because you know we've got you know 14 more games of this and and I you know you would hope that it would get better but I just I don't see how that's going to happen. I mean he he has to get better. And yeah. I don't know that that's fair to ask him to be that was but that was the narrative going through this week. You know, it's Kyle's fault. He you know, he's he's oppressed <laughs> Jimmy and um that's why you know he if he if he would just get some freedom <laughs> he would be he would be a different player. So so go back to 2017 cuz that's where he went back to, right? Right. For that for those few games in 2017, I think we all said, "Oh my gosh." Like he's a he's got a little bit of a gunslinger mentality in him and he's going to make some mistakes but he's going to hit on some big plays. And so that's what we were teased in 18 or in 17. Then in 18 he goes down immediately and he's gone for the entire season. Comes back in 19, we are told that it's a different version of him. He doesn't have the mobility. Kyle plays it way conservative, which is probably the right way cuz they go to the Super Bowl and they're within a play or two of winning that game before Kansas City kind of puts it out of reach. And then gets uh, gets hurt again, and then comes back in uh, in twenty one, and again, like sort of like this conservative style. I don't know if it was the right the right way that they that they handled it, but he did show that you know he wasn't making those big throws that that would give Kyle you know the idea that he that he should open it up. But let so I get I get where he is in that like you know that's how he wants to play. He had the opportunity to show that, and he didn't. Now, some of this, and we'll get into this a little bit later, some of this is that offensively, these teams are like carbon copies of each other because this offense is basically Shanahan's offense. Mm -hmm. And so 
their defense, the Denver defense, is sharpening themselves going against their own offense, which is basically the 49ers offense. So they they were going to know each other very well, no matter what. And we should have actually seen this coming a little bit more, I think. Like, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a high-scoring game, but because, you know, once I started reading up, I'm like, oh, like, these teams are going to know each other real well. It's going to be close, probably low-scoring. I just thought the quarterback play would be a little bit better. But here, here's the here's the point that I want to make about Trey. There's a moment in this game where Denver's like, oh, all we got to do is sell out against the rush, and they can't do anything. Right. They had five five down linemen many times, and the Niners are so rush heavy, and they're killing the rush. They're stopping the rush, which means second and third and long. That is the kryptonite for Jimmy Garoppolo is second or third and long. He wants to sit second and five, third and three, run a little play action here. Boom, Kittle. Like, that's how they want to play football. So when Denver decided to sell out, in the back of my mind, I was like, this is what Kyle knew was coming. This is why Trey being able to have the option to run is so necessary in this offense. Now, I know that you know that, but it just like hit me like just like a bolt of lightning. Like, oh my God, like this is why they went after this guy. Because in games like this, when they cannot run the ball, they're having some offensive line issues, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. So it's one of my, my points. Jimmy being Jimmy hurts them more than helps them. I thought that um, Collinsworth and the NBC production staff did a great job of highlighting how actually in-game Denver was changing and adjusting their fronts to to optimize versus the run. It started with one front and with the, you know, and they switched to two linebackers and they brought Kiwan down and, you know, they were just, they were looking for what they needed to, um, to um, load up versus the run. And um, like you said, once they dialed that in, it was like, we didn't have a counter to um to get them out of it um again i i just i think it's uh, just asking a lot at this point to um expect jimmy to be a downfield thrower um consistently but we have to i mean because that that's your answer if if a team is going to bring safeties down and sell out versus a run. You need to be able to at least, and I see he did it once to Ayuk. He, yeah. you, know, you just gotta, you, you know, even if you don't plan on competing, completing it, you have to show that you're willing to at least throw it. Yes. Um, Because I mean, if you're not going to be able to run them out of it, which it was clear that we couldn't, you got to throw them out of it or make them pay for doing it. And yeah, I, I, I have, I know I have more, more, I have a higher opinion and more faith in Kyle than most. Yeah. But, um, so I, I I, I, kind of, I didn't feel bad for him, but I, I felt, I was like, okay, he feels handicapped here. Right. Because 
he could dial up something and if it doesn't work it could be a a a big mistake and turnover on the other side and and then you know you can lose the game that way such as calling for the field goal late there when people were calling for the you know to go for it on fourth down and Kyle's looking at it as like this game is you know 7 to 5 or whatever it was mm-hmm. uh, at that point like points are at, at a minimum like we need to just get them where we get them but i think if he had any sort of confidence in not only garoppolo but the 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 line uh he may have got cuz it's more of a Kyle play to go for it than to not go for it but right. so i set that up because i wanted to bring shelvin's note in here which i think is also something that people are going to say and I guess the question for me, and I'll read Shel- Shelvin's note. Shelvin said, Jimmy has issues, but he'd rather have him than Sudfeld. Our season is over if, if Jimmy had left. So meaning we would have Sudfeld and Purdy as the QBs. So the question is, are we happy with the Niners being a 9-8 and eight team, 10-7 and seven team, knowing that there's a small chance of actually winning the Super Bowl with this kind of defense. Um, and I guess you would say, yeah, because anything can happen. We've seen Jimmy go on hot streaks before. I don't have faith in him to produce uh, when, when it matters. But at the same time, if he's not there, then it's it's Brock Purdy time. Now, I, I mean, people keep saying, oh, you know, this guy, he has it. He has it. And I'm like, he was the last guy picked in the draft. Like that has to mean something, you know, I don't know about throwing a rookie out there. Who's the last pick in the draft as the solution. So we're kind of stuck with what we have and just sort of hopeful that Jimmy doesn't get hurt because we can be competitive with him. It's just, we're going to have games like this where, where we lose games that we should have clearly, clearly won. Okay. There's a lot there. One. Yes. Are we better off with Jimmy than with Nate Suffield? Yes. My issue is, as I was sitting there watching the game, it was, my thought was, what needs to happen is there needs to be an adjustment of expectations. Just like when any any other QB2 takes over the team. I, again... Full disclosure, I don't have much faith in Jimmy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I wasn't with the national media who felt like, oh, the season is actually saved now because Jimmy is there. Nah, I I am a a lot less optimistic today than I was two weeks ago about the, um, season-long prospects. Mm-hmm. I do agree with Shelvin that, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Ace Sudfeld. Yes, absolutely, 100%. But, and, and and also, Brock Purdy, however much potential he's shown, has never prepared a week for yeah. a real live game. Brock Purdy has never had a defense actually game plan against him. So, I mean, imagine him and Jalen Moore on the field at the same time, both uh, deer in headlights. That would have been tough. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, so that I, I, again, but I don't think that even if Jimmy gets hurt, I don't think that that happens. I think that Butker would play and then they would try to, to do something else. I, I just, I can't, 
I can't imagine a scenario where they would, you know, throw Brock Purdy out there yeah, yeah, at yeah. this point. I mean, it's just that that would be that that would be so counterproductive to his development. And, you know, it's basically like, you know, waving a white flag. Sure. I mean, you you you're much better off bringing in somebody like, you know, a McCown, one of the McCown brothers or somebody who's actually started Jeff, games in the league. How old is Jeff Garcia these days? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know, I know he's buff right now. He's, yeah. he's still buff. Yeah. It would be, you know, you know, the, the usual suspects would be a better option than Brock Purdy, but you know, it's, this is what it is. And we hope, you know, I, I wanted, you know, I was trying to be as optimistic as everybody else with, you know, Jimmy turning over a new leaf. And, you know, I, I just don't think, you know, what I've said all week as a pushback is that, you know, it's not like we're talking about the cons- with the conservative um, Jimmy place, you know, game plan that everyone's talking about, that he's been like Alex Smith, where, you know, you, know, you say what you want about Alex, and I said a lot about Alex. Oh, yeah. About him not risking the ball and whatnot, but he did not turn the ball over. He, you know, he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna risk the ball, but you knew with Alex you were gonna get those same 20 to 24 touchdowns you get from Jimmy. But Alex, you were gonna get five or six picks, maybe. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't in and Jimmy is like double that. So yeah. to think that if we if he can't get to two and a half or three to one intercept touchdown to interception ratio in a conservative environment, if we allow him to be gunslinger, what makes you think that the turnovers aren't just going to blow up? Which again, with the way Kyle wants to play, he'd rather just, you know, hand it off three times and punt rather right. than, you know, to be throwing picks and pick sixes. Um, so, yeah, it's this is I, this is, you know, I, I just believe this is what it's going to be. We're going to have to ride the defense and hope we can get some kind of production. You know that that Mitchell and, you know, TDP come back and are able to give us something. And Mason Mason develops that because I think that. Collinsworth was on point that um they're not giving Wilson 25 30 carries because they just don't think you know Kyle just doesn't think that he can hold up and he's probably right he's probably right he's not a bell cow so we're gonna have to hope that these guys you know Marlon Mack was good once I mean I don't know (laughs) you, you know maybe he can catch lightning in the bottle I mean, so look, it looks like they're just that's what the plan is. They got <laughs> they got I'm ready back. And um, you know, it looks like they're just gonna, you know, just <laughs> throw bodies at it. Well, I, I guess the 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 thing that the one thing I want to say about or I want to ask you about Jimmy, and we'll we'll end the Jimmy thing because there's more than Jimmy yeah, just to fun. talk about. I know Jimmy's the easy the easy thing to kind of hang on to because you know, we're we're used to bagging on Jimmy because yeah. you know he's 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 the guy. You know, he's the quarterback. That's that's kind of what you do. But what is it about? Because I want to go back to something that you said, which is 
when the other team is selling out against the run, and I even wrote this in our game chat. I was like, okay, this should mean they may be open to a little bit of play action and a little bit of more, a little bit of creativity, but that was not the case because what also happened is they were having so much trouble blocking. And this goes back to something that we had talked about really early in the season as maybe the thing that we were worried about most with the team was their ability to pass block. Uh, Burford uh, had a couple of holding penalties uh McGlinchy had a hold then gave up a gave up a sack uh mm-hmm. when when you know when when some, they needed something and then when Trent goes down I mentioned Jalen Moore they quickly pulled him out Colton McKivitz came in but that was like you know the, the Denver Broncos defensive line and the defensive coordinator was like man the, like just give us more raw meat they were salivating at the opportunity to go after Jimmy. So if they're selling out on the run and the Niners can't pass block to save their life at this point, I'm trying to think, you know, I'm trying to think of what they could have done offensively to maybe open up something because what we know is that Jimmy is unwilling to go to more than, you know, maybe two, two or three receivers. Like he's unwilling to sit there and now he can't sit there to even think about throwing deep to to make these guys pay for their overly aggressive play. It like again, this goes back to me being kind of sad for Shanahan. Like he could have I don't know, I'm not even sure what he could have dialed up for them to hit a home run with. They I mean they had that one play on the sideline with of all people, the fullback, use check, mm-hmm. you know, which was a great that, play. That, and, and it was a great throw too. Great play, great throw. Uh, he had an out to, to Jennings uh, on the sideline, which was another great throw. And But it seemed like those were his first reads. He was very confident because he knew that was where the ball was going to go. But, man, if he didn't have his first, like he was, he was dying to get that ball out so quickly, to your point, not allowing anything to develop. And that just played into Denver's hands. I'm not sure... How to coach? Like, what would a coach say to to Jimmy in that moment? Like, uh, step up or use your feet to kind of get a, another second so something opens up. But that's also not Jimmy's game. So I don't know. It, it seemed like they were kind of screwed no matter what. There, I'm going to be cheeky. Um, what he can clearly do is go to the sprint out game. Oh, they can't. <laughs> 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 Oh, well, <laughs> sprint right, Jimmy. <laughs> Go deep. Nah. He, so he, tra- I, he tried to sprint right, and he got sacked uh, <laughs> late, right, the last drive right before. Oh, my Wilson God. Fumbled. It's like he's in quicksand. I don't it's, know. I know. I, like, I don't imagine he's that bad of an athlete, but he does have really, really slow feet because, yeah. Uh, yeah, he couldn't get out of there at all. And it was, uh, it, like I said, it's just like, Ripe for the pickings, right? Like, at, like everything, the 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 Broncos defensive line was like they were like licking their chops, and and then Shanahan was like, "What am I gonna do?" And legitimately, um, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory are monsters. So yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like you know they were just Jags out there. Um, 
<laughs> coming at them. Those dudes are good. And when they and, and when, you know, they can just pin their ears back and, you know, not have to worry about run, them running the ball. They're a problem. They're a problem for anybody. Um, but, you know, when it's like Colton McKivitz, you know, it's that's a problem. That's a problem. So it's going to be really interesting to what we know about Trent from last season is that he will play even when he probably shouldn't. So I, you know, I'm not, I, you know, if there's probably, it would probably, his ankle would probably have to be broken for him not to try to go. But the question is, I mean, kind of like it was in the, the NFC championship game last year, where now, well, after the season, he freely admitted he probably shouldn't have played. He, you know, he he probably did us more harm than good being out there, um, so compromised. But you know that he's that dude. So if he can't play, that just I mean, we are really I mean that's a problem. That's a that's a real that's a real big problem. He is a big part of what it is that we're you know able to get done on you know being able to not really have to worry about that left side it gives Kyle some flexibility in other spots you know so yeah. he can help he can help over there with McClinchy and um and on you know in other places to try to you know shore up other things because he knows that the left side is on lock um without that you know we're vulnerable really vulnerable the uh ex- I guess the explanation let's call it an explanation but jimmy's explanation uh tonight was he needs to get himself in better game shape and he needs to get uh just more reps with his guys like that's the that that's the explanation of why he he doesn't think he played well which you know again like i get it but also the reason why he was so valuable is because he didn't really need that much time to get, you know, to get acclimated with this team. So, you know, I, I hope so. I hope that more reps, more practice, whatever, whatever it is, uh, you know, dinners, team dinners, hanging out with the team going, you know, whatever it is. I, I hope that they, they figure it out and that they play better because that, you know, that's what we're here for. We're, we yeah. want to watch ooh, it. Ooh. The team is good. Like they're a good football team. They, they're just not excellent everywhere right now. And if you're not excellent in the QB one slot, then you're probably not going to be one of the best teams. No, oh, it's, it's, it, it's in today's game. It's, you know, today, no, notwithstanding, it's really hard to ride a defense. Um, and, and to be, you know, this is my team and I love them, but, you know, just let's be honest. We're going to be completely honest. And, you know, we're not, this defense is good, but it's not like Baltimore Ravens, Chicago Bears good. I mean, it's not. And you, and you can't even play that way anymore. The, no, exactly. The defense is so handicapped these days. Exactly. I mean, that again, it's just a completely different game. Yeah. Um, you know, there again, I just don't think that we're going to, we will ever see the way the rules are set up that we'll ever see a dominant defense like that carry, a, you know, carry us, a, a, you know, us. An average offense, sure, to a championship. It, it's sure. just it, the the rule set is just not. It's, the game is just not set up that way. So 
We our defense is about as you know as good as anybody's is is in the league, and and it's just not that it's just not that it's not good enough to do that. We are going to have to get something out of our offense, and you know, and and more than just something. I mean, you know, we need. I don't think we're going to be able to put the the team on Debo's back again. I I just think that we need to be a more effective pass offense, which will help the run, the running game. You know, I think, you know, it, it's a symbiotic thing. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be just one thing. Oh, we can just get this one thing going. I, I just don't think the league is set up that way where you can, just ride one thing because right. the defenses are too good to, you know, well, they, they can take away that one thing. If that's all you can do. Um, we saw that tonight, you know, we started off running it really well and they just adjusted and adjusted and we couldn't adjust to their adjustments. So Absolutely. that is, that's going to be our challenge. It's going to be Kyle's challenge as we move forward is to try to figure out a way to extract more out of the passing game. And I don't know what, whatever it's going to take to make Jimmy comfortable. Um, because where he is comfortable now, it's like the whole world knows the inside the hashes between 10 to 15 yards is where Jimmy feels the most comfortable and, you know, he wants to, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's him or the media or if it's a combination of both, but we, they seem to be um, really fixated on this, you know, hot potato, getting the ball out in two seconds or uh, which is if I'm a DB and I know he's trying to get the ball out, and I know that he likes to throw it over the middle. All I had to do is sit. If I just sit on those routes, I don't have to cover for that long. Two seconds for a DB is not that long. Yeah. You know, if, if I know that this guy, if I can just go 1,001, 1,002, it's going to be ball out. If I can just cover for that long, you know, I'm good. I'm in yeah. good shape. So, and th- and that's what our offense is right now. Um he had a he had a I, I've I've all I've often said that in addition to throwing deep, if we could just expand the field a little more. But again tonight, that pass to Jennings, while nice, when Jimmy throws it outside the numbers, boy, it's just like a pick six waiting to happen. That ball just kind of floats, and it floats. And if the DB is look like tonight. That was a great pass and a great catch by Jennings. But if that DB is sitting on that route, it's he's gonna house that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just you know he just doesn't have consistently the kind of arm strength to um to make those throws. But I see the new the prompt on the screen. Um, yes, the defense is good, man. The defense in, in, is good <clears throat> in three games. The defense has given up three offensive touchdowns. One of them was the broken play to Pettis in the first game. Mm-hmm. And in this game, they gave up one touchdown in the one drive where Russ looked like Russ. Now, I have a question about Russ looking like Russ. I, I made a, I made a comparison, uh, like a pop culture comparison, but 
there's a movie called uh, Major League Two. And if people remember Major League One, uh, Charlie Sheen plays uh, the wild thing, Ricky Vaughn, and he just throws 102 miles an hour, fastball after fastball after fastball. And then he becomes a little bit famous and he starts to change his pitching repertoire. He starts to throw breaking balls and he's starting to wear suits and he's getting hammered all over the place and they're just killing him. And I was like, where is the killer Russ who is 17 and four against us in his career? Because the guy that I was watching was a poor man's Geno Smith. That was Gus Wilson. That wasn't Russ Wilson, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, Collinsworth alluded to it, um, that we kind of saw the same thing with Rodgers when they, they, you know, when they, the year, I think it was at 17, when they decided in 18 to draft Jordan Love, that they were trying to, you know, LaFleur was trying to, make him put more of a pocket player and you know i i guess but when you have guys like that who are great athletes i, I just think that you you need to let them you know you need to let russ cook if you you got russ you need to let russ be russ um I there were some moments though where russ didn't really want to cook like he really early in the game He steps up in the pocket and looks like he's going to run. And I went, oh, no. And at the last second, he throws the ball. And I went, Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Like that. But that was him. That wasn't, you know, the the coach putting restrictions or the play putting restrictions on him. So it's almost like he is like in his mind. He's like, this is who I am now. And we we saw this last year as well. And he is far less of a dangerous player. When he plays like that, because and, and here and here's why to me, I, I would love to hear your thoughts. When Russ plays in the pocket, I think he's fine. He mm-hmm. he may not be uh Aaron Rodgers, let's say, but mm-hmm. I think he's still a good player. But when he is moving around, he is a great player. And so to to limit the movement. I, I under I understand that side of it. You don't want to get the guy hurt. You know, you wanna you 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 believe in your offense that if we stick with these things, the offense can go. We don't have to worry about broken plays saving us X, Y, and Z. But it's almost like Russ feels committed to it so much that he does he didn't really want to take advantage of the opportunities he had. Cause I, I know he could feel Bosa. Like I know yeah. he could feel those guys coming. And he was really, really adamant on, okay, how, how many how many passes did Melvin Gordon catch tonight? Yeah. Like, everything was in the flats, dump off, dump off, dump off, check down, check down. And I was like, I kind of like playing against this version of yeah. Russ. He doesn't scare me at all. Yeah. I, I agree that I remember, I mean, this is an old reference. Um, uh, I remember when Donovan McNabb tried – tried to do that and, you know, tried to prove the league wrong that he was more than just an athlete. He was going to be a pocket passer. Yeah. And again, he was okay. He was fine playing that way, but you'd much rather face that guy than the guy who was the wild card that you didn't know 
what was going to happen. And I think Russ is, a, is one of those guys. If you tell me that you don't want to have him actually rushing the ball, that's fine if you don't want to do that. But I think, you know, putting a leash on him and not allowing him to, you know, if the play breaks down, to go make a play or to, to for him to feel like the ball is better out of his hands than, you know, in it. I, like you say, I, as an opponent, I'm glad you feel that way. Please, please do. Please dump it off to running back X rather mm-hmm. than keep it yourself. Because if I, you know, I can, I can figure out how to defense that. Yeah. What's hard, what's always been hard with Russ, and I say it every time, it, it's like a broken record, is when you defense it perfectly. You've got everything covered just the way you want it. And then this guy slides out and gets 15. It's, it, you know, you can't, you just can't account for that. It, it, and it, 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 it breaks, it breaks you down. You know, it, it, it I, I can't imagine that it doesn't affect you emotionally as a player when you know that, man, we could do everything right and this dude could still break us off. But if he doesn't want to do that, then that's, you know, that's a bonus for us. Yeah. If you were to guess, you may have already looked at this number. What do you think Seattle's yards per play was in this game? I have not, but six. The 49ers defense held the Denver Broncos to 261 total yards. And 3.7 yards per play. Mm. How does the team lose mm. when you give up 3.7 yards per play? They had 70 plays, like you said. You, you said that they had 70 plays to the Niners, 52. 261 yards, Niners had 267. And 3.7 yards per play, Niners had 5.1. At one point in the second quarter, the Niners were upwards of 7 yards per play, and they had only scored seven points and that was like i I just knew you just knew that kind of stuff was going to haunt you like uh even in our chat you know when the score was seven to five i was like the script writers have this as you know long field goal to win the game eight to seven it didn't exactly happen that way mm-hmm. but it was it was leaning that way like it was getting close and, and you know they scored the touchdown so um, so, so it was, you know, 11 to 10 or whatever the score was, they missed the two point conversion, but you know, the, this team, uh, the defense has gone out three weeks in a row. And I know the first, the first game was a little sloppy, uh, especially with the penalties, but man, to, to come out of these three games with a one and two record, uh, it, it's, it's brutal. Now I think the flip side, if you are if you're looking at this a little bit more optimistically, you look at this and go, okay, the defense is pretty much the apex of what we thought it could be. And the offense is struggling and maybe they do need to pick it up a little bit. So at some point the offense improves. And if this defense defense can stay at this elite level, then maybe you do have something closer to what we had last year, uh, you know, where, where they, they can, definitely get on some runs and and beat some good teams. I mean, look, they beat they went into Green Bay and beat Green Bay in a game that was kind of like this, right? Then that mm-hmm. was to the Packers 
detriment you know the game was kind of ugly and boring like this and it was a special teams touchdown that was the difference so if this defense continues to play football like this the Niners are going to be in ball games no matter how many C minus Garoppolo performances we get I, I think the question for me is and not to make this about offense again but we you know we're establishing that the defense is, is playing stellar if this offense is dictated by the running game and we don't trust Jeff Wilson to run. I think he ran 13 times today. Uh, I'll find that number here in a second. Um, he was uh, 12, 12 for 75. And one of those was a 38 yard run very early in the game. So if I can do the quick math, the rest of his game was uh, 11 for 40 ish some odd yards so not terrible like he was still okay but Debo was five for six and I thought Debo was gonna get hurt in this game yeah they they were really you could tell they were really keying on him you know the defense was definitely you know they were rallying to Debo and um as they said you know when he went out you know one of the things you love about him is how tough he runs but that you know, leaves him exposed. It leaves him exposed to taking, you know, big shots. Um, so I just, I I don't know how sustainable that is um, having him, you know, same thing they talked about with Trey, having him, you know, I, I, if I'm running Debo, I want him out on the edges. I really don't want him, run, you know, doing too much inside running. You know, it's just because it's just, you know, in there, it's, you know, <laughs> that's big boy football. Not to yeah. say, not to say that Debo isn't built to play big boy football, because um, he clearly is. But when he's, you know, so important, you really, you just, you want to limit the amount, you know, he's just, 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 just within the course of business, he's going to take his fair share of shots. So you, I just think you need to put him, if he's not already on a pitch count, to make sure that he's not taking, you know, that he's taking as few of those as we as you can get away with. And again, hopefully Elijah Mitchell will come back and be able to give us something because we he's shown that when he's healthy, he, um, you know, he's a player. He, he can he's, make. He's got that burst once he hits the hole that Jeff Wilson doesn't have. Yeah, he really Jeff does. Wilson will get yards because the hole is there and because yeah. he's such a tough runner, but he doesn't have the speed like Mitchell once he does hit that hole to break break it off. Like he could have, you know, Mitchell probably breaks that first playoff tonight that Wilson had the 38 yarder. It's very possible uh, Mitchell he takes that to one the to the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that, you know, we have to hope for that and we have to, you know, I. Yeah, I, I just I the offense, you know, if we you know, you're not supposed to be losing games when you're giving up, you know, an average of 12 points a game. You yeah. know, though, you you know, from every level, every, you know, places that I've, you know, coached at, you know, in high school, Pop Warner, if you give up 11 points, give up, you know, if you give up 12 points, you're supposed to win that game. The offense is not doing their job if you're losing those games. It's just well, it, it's just unexcusable. If you're Ayuk, how frustrated are you? Because, like, in the first quarter, it looks like this dude's going for seven and a hundred. 
Yeah. And he ends up with three for 39. He does get the, the score, which was awesome. But man, like, I can't imagine that, you know, he just got bottled up. It, the, it, I don't, I don't know if the, you know, the plays w- weren't really, they weren't developed, you know, maybe, maybe the, it was idea was getting Kittle mixed in more. Debo did have his best game receiving so far this year tonight, but man, I would have kept that with that, that hot hand. Ayuk looked like he was going to have a breakout breakout game and they just did not get the football to him for the rest of the game. It's going to be interesting to, to go back and look at the all 22, because as I, I've made the argument when you, cause I went back and just looked at random games last year and I don't see that there, you know, I, you know, almost every route combination at the 49ers run, there's a deep option there. I mean, so I, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that Jimmy's being told, well, you can't, <laughs> <laughs> if, if, Kittle is open down the seam or Ayuk is open on the post. Don't throw that. I mean, can that be the case? Did, did these routes are off limits? I- <laughs> so uh, according to ESPN's count, uh, Debo had eight targets. He caught five of them and Ayuk had eight targets and he caught three of them. I know uh, one of those was a near interception that that I can remember. I'm trying to think of the other one. The other one was the the cross that was open on third down, and Jimmy threw it like a a yard and a half short. I remember that one, but I don't remember the other three targets as to why. But I mean, maybe you know, maybe he was there and and he just did not get the ball. Um, but okay, last thing we talked about it a little bit, but I think this is kind of like our our biggest fear. Uh, come to to roost here with the offensive line, uh, you know. Even running the ball, like it's it looked like they had a they had a hard time running the ball, but they still averaged, you know, four and a half yards per carry in this game. They just went away from from running in the second half because they weren't as successful. Big chunk of that, like I said, comes on that thirty eight yard run by yeah. Wilson. Uh, but. You know, uh, I'm looking at the uh, so so there there's there's the the Jimmy fumble, which I don't. Could you tell if that was the center's issue or if that was Jimmy pulling away too quickly? It, it the ball hit him in the hands. Yeah, that's what I saw too. Yeah, the ball so, hit him in the hands. It's just like Jimmy didn't squeeze it. Yeah. So, um, you know, and and and. They were they were getting after it. Uh, Denver Denver was getting after it. They they saw blood in that second half, and they were taking advantage of this uh, all already all of a sudden kind of patched up line. Like we knew Burford, the rookie, uh, he struggled more today than he has so far this season. McGlinchey's gonna McGlinchey like you know he's he, he's he can be good and he can have games like this. He's he's just so inconsistent. But man, when when you take the big guy out there, the guy that you pay so much money, and uh, you know he hurts his foot. He hurt his remember he hurt the the foot last year at the end of the season mm-hmm. too. He's playing on a bad ankle, but you know that just the the going from one of the best tackles, less left tackles in the game 
to his backup was such a tremendous drop off. It was almost I couldn't even believe how how poorly uh, more played in there. And it just like they, they just saw blood and, and they they just were targeting it every time. Uh, and I also want to mention that I'm, I'm Mike Purcell was eating Brindle's lunch. <laughs> he there were there were several plays where he just trucked him right back into Jimmy's lap. Um which is interesting since he's a former 49er. Um but Brindle has struggled. <laughs> I I never thought I would um say these words, but boy it'd be nice when um Daniel Brunskill is an option again. <laughs> Man, he has struggled. He really yeah. has struggled. Yeah. Um, this is really the first game that the guards have had really, because, really, you know, um, Banks had a pretty good first two games, and mm-hmm. um, and um, Burford was really good in game yeah. one. But, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, again, just like with any rookies, just going to, or, you know, I know, Banks is technically not a rookie, but this is his first extended playing time. I mean, Banks it's, Banks was a rookie like Trey was a rookie, right? Yeah, just... it's gonna be you're gonna get you're gonna have your ups and downs, and then Brendel, I I just don't know if he's very good. So I mean, a, apparently he's a you know he's a smart guy. Um, you know, gets all the checks and stuff right, but if he, you know, if he's just getting manhandled, that's a problem. So. And and I, I just think I think as I said earlier, Trent and you just reiterated when Trent's not in there, everything else just gets magnified. You yeah, know, it's just I got one question yep. before we move on, and I know it's getting close to wrap up time, but I mean, how much longer before we acknowledge that a fungus is just good? <laughs> yeah, he looked he looked awesome. <laughs> I mean. We, I know we talked about it last week that we're just we're waiting for the other shoe to drop and for these teams, for some team to, you know, get him isolated and picked on him. But, um, you know, we're in week three and he he just continues to kind of just ball out, um, making, you know, big hits and big plays, tackles for losses and, you know, whatnot. I think, you know, I'm about a week or two away from just – you know, he's good. <laughs> yeah, no, he, and he fits like he's, he's such a great fit into what they do. All right. So think about your MVP here for a second. I'm going to push forward a couple comments and I'll, and I'll read them to the people listening on the podcast because I want to celebrate this person who is checking in with us. None other than Rick Feinberg, who back in the day when our group was actually a page rick was uh, one of the admins he had come to me and said hey you know do you need some help with this i was like yeah you know lo- would love you to post and so then rick became you know the guy who who would post a lot of the stuff on the page and i'm glad to see that he's still with us uh he's checks in with us here and there and he says i've had enough of the jimmy g apologist team scapegoating trey for the bears loss what do you say tonight love the fire um yeah you know the 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 apologists are going to be there and jimmy is giving them fodder based on what his excuse was but what else was his excuse going to be he's not going to you know he of course he expects to play better he wants to play better he believes he can play better Uh, i know rod thinks that that may be a, a tall task to ask of him but um love rick being in here rick also 
noted that uh, why didn't they put more emphasis on improving the offensive line and it's bewildering to him. They did, they did clear, uh, clear up some cap space with, with Trent Williams all of a sudden using magic. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to use that cap space for probably for somebody's upcoming extension, whether it's Bosa. I know they just signed Greenlaw to an extension. So, um, all right. One last one from Shelvin. Uh, Broncos defense isn't a pushover. Sertan can cover. Yeah, they, they were, they were really good. And like yeah. I said, the, they go up against what is essentially the 49ers offense in practice every day. And, and that, that can be understated. Yeah. And that, you know what, you know, what's so interesting about that is somebody asked, uh, Kyle in, in a, in a press conference. And I loved his answer. They were like, you know, you know, lots, lots more, uh, teams using your style of offense is, you know, is it a little bit of a, a nod to you? And he's like, no, I hate it because <laughs> now there's more teams to practice against it. And, and we're not surprising anybody with this stuff anymore. And so it makes me wonder, like, I don't know adjustments or not, but, you know, there's got to be wrinkles upon wrinkles upon wrinkles of, of things that they do. And, uh, I, I imagine for someone like him, who's just such a play caller and play creator, he's probably up to the task, but I don't know what they can do. Like if there's other games like this against Denver, where these other teams are just ready for, for what they do and they can't scheme the running game open like they have in the past. And they can't scheme guys open in the, in the, yeah, I'm sure that that's still happening. Guys are getting open. Jimmy's just got to hit them. But, you know, I wonder how he adjusts throughout the season to be ahead of that curve, because it looks like there are going to be some defensive defenses catching up to him. Well, I know I had mentioned in the group that to hear him, what people say, call it defending himself. But um, when I saw what I call an explanation of what happened with Trey and how he was running the offense with Trey, him acknowledging guys like Lamar and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts let me made me feel good as a 49er fan for as long as he's here. It lets me know that he sees where this league is going yeah. and that the move to get Trey Lance, whether it, is successful or not, then what you do is you just go get another one of those guys. But the understanding is that you need one of those guys in today's game. And to, to, to hear him say those names out loud lets me know that he understands. Mm-hmm. And that to, to what you were just saying, I mean, it's got to be frustrating for him to have came come into the season with this body of work that he could use using Trey's skill set that he now has to, you know, set aside until next year. Because in that body of playbook were the answers to all these questions. I mean, it's not like he didn't have them. He just now can't use them because, you know, so I... I trust in him to be able to go back to the lab and um, figure out a way to maximize Jimmy. And then it just comes down to Jimmy being able to, you know, at the, at the end of the day, 
Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to make plays for us to go where we want to go. And if, if he can, we can be really good. We had that happen. You know, I harken back to the past. We had that happen. You know, Alex Smith goes around the edge for, you know, 30 yards against the Saints. <laughs> he, you know, for all that he had been through here, when the, when the chips were down in that particular high leverage moment, Alex was able to make a play. Jimmy needs that, you know, Jimmy needs that type of moment. Jimmy yeah. needs a, a Alex moment. He needs to be able to step up when we need him in a situation like tonight where we need to get the, we need to get these yards to get in field goal range or to, to score a touchdown. Jimmy's got to make a play. I mean, it can't just be I'm going to hot potato it to Debo. I'm going to hot potato it to Kittle. We're going to need Jimmy to to actually step back, hit his back foot, and make a, make some throws. You know, because obviously he's not going to run it anywhere. So, he, but he's going to have to. Now I remember one of the targets to Debo, oh, not to Debo, to to Ayuk was down the right sideline. And he overthrew him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was open, but mm-hmm. you know he the the thing. <laughs> a lot of these balls, a lot of these deep balls that Jimmy throws uh, tend to be out of bounds. <laughs> like like even if he did hit the guy in stride, the ball would be out of bounds. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, that that was one of them. But okay, so uh, let's talk about player of the game for you, Debo. <laughs> Debo is my default. It, it it seems like every week for me it's either Debo or Nick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got two. Uh, one of them is kind of funny. Player, my player of the game is money making Mitch. Man, fifty one point seven yards per punt. Uh, three downed within the uh, in the twenty yard line. 74 foot a uh, 74 yard punt was his long now the punter should never be the mvp because if That's he is then your team didn't play well so my real actual player of the game is uh it was gonna be um mosley but i think i'm leaning dre greenlaw because he led the team in tackles total tackles um you know he's very active had five solo tackles 10 total tackles uh, and uh, he was he was all over the field making plays on a defense that was all over the field and making plays tonight. So uh, yeah, I think I you're I think you're right. It it does need to be a defensive player with the way they play. Um, so I agree with that. Um, couple names I want to mention before we get out of here on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Debo played pretty well. Yeah, he looked really good. I you know it was interesting. He got to start tonight. Yeah. Um, and then what about the rookie? Drake, um, Drake Jackson. Yeah. And Drizzy. his um, yeah, he got his first sack. So congratulations. That was a nice move, that. too. Yeah. Yeah. He you know, they've been talking him up. They say he's gonna be a player. So it 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 was nice to see him show on film today. So Well was- Womack punched a ball out that uh Gordon got back, but he seems to be able to uh have a nose for for the ball himself, which is which is really cool to see. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, the, the the defense is at zero fault for tonight's game. Like they, 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 they played a, as good of a game as I could have ever wished for them to play against a Russell Wilson led offense. And they they certainly played well enough to win. For All right. sure. 
Monday night, next week, ESPN, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, the old Fox crew. This is an old NFC game for them, too. Niners and Rams. I, I know the you know the the Rams got uh, boat raced in the, in in the first game of the season against Buffalo, uh, and since then um, they uh, let me pull up the the right thing here. Yeah. They should have lost last week too. Yeah, since then uh, they have they have picked up a couple of wins here. Um, They're two and one though. This is the most interesting thing. They're a minus nine in in point differential mm-hmm. because of that Buffalo game. But, you know, I think if you're a Rams fan, you're probably pretty frustrated with this team because they were they are the defending Super Bowl champions and you expect them to be playing a little bit better. But, um, you know, they let the Falcons creep back in yesterday and then they had the game a uh, night yesterday last week. And then they had the game against Arizona this week or just today. So what are you thinking? Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it is at home. So you have that. I think uh, on a Monday night, especially Levi's will be rocking. My favorite games to go to at Levi's are Sunday night or Monday night games because it's just tremendous. It looks incredible. A night game at Levi's just looks absolutely incredible. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I think that I think the Rams are. They are they are in need of of what I think that they would consider to be a breakout game, but there are holes with that football team, and the Niners have a. I, I like I think the Niners should win this game, with the exception of is I I just don't know, you know what we can rely on offensively, like you know defensively, like I'm very confident in their ability to play the Rams very well. Like you're not going to stop Cooper cup or anything, but the Rams can't really run the ball. You know, Stafford is not Stafford's never really killed the 49ers for one. They've always handled him fairly well. So I don't know. I'm pretty confident, but I just don't know what we're getting out of the offense. Here's the thing. I've watched the Rams. I watched the end of that Falcon that the week, the game last week. And I watched a, Good bit of the game today. The Rams aren't good. I mean, they 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 are in in they're constructed the same way they were last year in that they're extremely top heavy. They pay like seven or eight guys like fifty percent of their cap. So they you know so Donald's good and you got Cup that's good and you got Rams just good, but they've got a lot of you know just kind of mediocre guys out there. Yeah. They just, you know, I don't want to re overreact cause they are the world champions, but I just don't think they're ready. Uh, 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 they're not a, a very good football team. I think talent wise right now, after what I've seen, not oh, trying not to overreact after three weeks, even though we're one and two, yeah. I think we're the best team in our division. I agree. I think we should beat the Rams this week. Like you say, now, if we start talking about, if we start drilling down, I don't know how we're going to do it offensively. Yeah. Because, you know. Especially Donald, with, yeah. with Donald's a problem. Williams. Who, who, knows, <laughs> yeah. who knows what's up with, with Trent still? I don't, I don't think I've seen anything uh, as far as an update is concerned with him. Um, you know, we just know it's the, it's the ankle. And, you know, that's a big dude. So he's carrying a lot on, on that ankle. 
but yeah, I agree with you. If we, I, I, this is the the way that my outlook for the rest of this season is, is going to be B plus Jimmy. We can beat almost anybody. C minus Jimmy. We can lose to almost anybody just because you know the 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 defense can play so well. But if we can't score, then we can't score. So. You know, I think if we get a B plus version of Jimmy and some of this is going to be up to Kyle, I know Kyle is taking some of the responsibility of the second half, which he he always does when they play a very conservative game plan, especially in, in the second half. And, you know, this this is the same joke that we always have with Kyle. You know, the worst thing for the 49ers is to get a lead because he changes the, the game. You know, he changes the, the, his game plan. and. I wonder how Kyle reacts to what he saw tonight because he had to be pretty embarrassed on how the offense performed. So whatever trickery or whatever creativity, I I would expect him to dial it up, especially on Monday night. Like this is why I expected the Niners to win this game is because they usually play well in prime time. Like they Kyle kind of knows like, okay, like here's an opportunity, you know, to show off here and, let, let's you know. Let's show off some creativity and it, let's make some big plays. And at some point, he was just like, "Nope, uh, let's just try and keep the football and and not give it away." And then they give it away three times. But um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. I think they should win the game. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna not necessarily make a prediction because I want to wait and see a what's up with Trent Williams and also, you know, uh, what is the word with with Jimmy and Kyle and the running game, because if, uh, you know, if they're not confident in what they're doing and if Jimmy's going to, you know, well, maybe, you know, I'm not in the best shape or whatever like that. That's, that is what it is. But if they're not kind of confident in, in, in what they're doing, then I'm a little worried because like you said, Aaron Donald is just going to disrupt. He can, he can disrupt a, a full game by himself. So I see Shelvin's um, comment on the O-line, in 99, this is going to be the first game, you know, that I think we really feel the impact of, of Alex Mack being gone. Cause that was, he was very stout. I mean, they, they always double team. Yeah. Um, Aaron Donald, but Mack was very, very stout in those double teams, in those combo blocks with the guards and being in Donald's face and being able to give, you know, to to show force there and Brendel has not shown to be that kind of player. So it's going to be interesting um, next week to see if, um, if he can be the game wrecker versus us, because, you know, in, you know, especially in our win streak versus them, we pretty much handled him. Yeah. And then, you know, in the NFC championship game, he kind of took over, you know, <laughs> but you know, the O-line was beat to hell by Trent, then. Trent was, he was hurt in that game, right? Oh yeah. He, um, he, he freely admits now that he had no business out there. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, he wasn't not going to play. Somebody needed to tell him, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not going to play. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's going to be interesting, but, um, yeah. And then, Cooper Cup is a monster. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what we look like against them the first time this year. All right. Well, that is it for our third episode of our recap, our live recap of Ford Danners football. And uh, we'll be back next Monday. I'm going to try very hard to get my Giants uh, Thompson to Clark 
podcast partner Brad Evans to jump on with us after next week. His schedule might be a little iffy uh, on a Monday night uh, game, but we'll, we'll try because uh, he's a Rams fan and, and, you know, he and I have a little bit of a, of a fun thing going on on the baseball podcast whenever the Niners and the Rams play each other. So I'll see if he can jump on with us and give the Rams perspective a little bit. Uh, but awesome. otherwise, uh, yeah, man, we're, we're three in here out of a, out of, out of 17 without excluding playoffs. And it's been a lot of fun. And I love, you know, I, I don't, I don't profess to be the most knowledgeable uh, X's and O's fan of football, but I do enjoy the research and I do enjoy the learning and I do enjoy on, uh, you know, talking to somebody and then, you know, learning from that as well. So this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I look I'm forward to keep it. doing it. Yep. All right, Thank man. You. All right. Thanks guys for chiming in. Yeah. Everybody who was, who's uh, watching uh, Rick and Shelvin and uh, Robert Ramos. And there was a new, there was a new person who was uh, in here who I'd never seen before. Whose name is Ishant. Uh, appreciate you as well. So, yeah, so Rod and I will be back next week after the Monday night game, 49ers and Rams. So for Rod, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.